Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 51 titled, A Chat with John Everett from Road America. In this episode, I have a great chat with John Everett, the Communications Director for the Road America Road Racing Complex, which is very close to Elkhart Lake in Wisconsin. This coming weekend, Road America is hosting round number two of the Moto America Motorcycle Road Racing Series, as well as the Vintage Motofest. We talk about the history of the racetrack and facility and who designed it, the automobile and motorcycle racing that has been held there over the years since the track was first built in the 1950s, the other types of events held throughout the year, and the amenities that are available for spectators and visitors. This episode was recorded as a live video shown using Facebook Live. So if you prefer, you can check out the video on my Facebook page, So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle. Stay tuned as I'll be doing as many of these podcast recordings as possible using Facebook Live, usually on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I will, of course, continue to make the audio portion available via this podcast. You can email questions for my guests and I prior to the live show using so you want to ride at yahoo.com or even better yet, tune in while, while we're recording and post your questions online. We will do the best we can to answer all questions while we record. Further instructions will be posted before each live show on my Facebook page. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, June 24th, 2020 and is being published on Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into this episode, I would like to welcome my new affiliate partner, Heroic Racing Apparel. Whether you're looking for quality gear for the street or track, head over to SoYouWantToRide.com, click on the affiliates link, and click on the Heroic logo or one of the products that are showcased there. Any purchases you make will help support the podcast. Check out Heroic's leather gloves, jackets, tracksuits, and armored Kevlar hoodie. Also check out my Instagram channel and my Facebook page for the video reviews I did recently on the Breakfree Helmet Brake Light. And stay tuned for the new affiliates program I am entering into with Breakfree that will help you get a discounted price on your purchase of the Breakfree unit. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place. Because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle Podcast. All right, so it says we're going live. So hello, everyone. I'm Chris Geis, host of the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast, and I'm here tonight with John Everett, who is the Director of Communications. Did I get that right, John? At yep. uh, Road America. So hey, John, uh, glad you could join me tonight. And I have to say that's a very awesome background you've got there. I actually uh, had pulled up that photo from the Road America website to maybe do as a, a screen share. So no, no need. That's, that's a really, really cool backdrop. Thanks. Thank you. You know, one of the reasons why I use this backdrop is because we like to let everybody know that Road America is a 640-acre facility, and we're very large, very vast, four miles, 14 turns. So 
when you think about what's going on in today's world with social distancing and, and staying safe, we are the perfect place to watch a race because you can get out and spread around, around road America, get with the family. You're not dedicated to a seat. So that's a benefit for road America. Kind of why I chose this background because I've been doing a lot of media interviews lately yeah. and people say racetrack. They go, Oh wow. How are you going to handle the grandstand? We don't really have a lot of grandstands. We do have some, but uh, the best way is to just spread out, find your favorite piece of grass, and enjoy some racing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've never seen that particular view in person, but I was fortunate. You know, end of May, I was there for the opening round of Road America at, uh, at, at Road America. It, it was awesome. I mean, it's, it's an awesome, awesome facility. And I was shooting some pictures and stuff, so I got a chance to walk, you know, a good part of the track. And it, it is really, it's a beautiful setting, as people can see. Uh, lots of places to get in the shade if you want. If you want to be in the sun, you can do that too. I know there's like picnic tables and things that are, that are spread out. So yeah, looks like a great place to just whatever. Bring, bring, yeah. bring a lunch and just hang out and watch some cool racing. Yeah, we like to call it America's National Park of Speed because when you're at Road America, um, if, you're not, if there's not bikes on track or cars on track, you do feel like you're, you're in a national park. There's some great campsites available, over 1,600 campsites. And during some of our smaller events, We'll have people stay for quite a long time because they actually really just enjoy the atmosphere, yeah. uh, whether there's cars on track or not. So that's one of the great things about our facility. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful part of the country, too. So you know, yes. if someone wanted to come hang out, see some racing, you know, stay for an extended period, there's, there's lots and lots of things to see. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. Um, is, is the camping facility open other than when there's like a racing event going on? Yes, we do. Uh, we actually started that this year. Uh, we initially called it family camping, and now it's just essentially camp at Road America. We have a very uh, different weekends, available dates. Some available dates have events going on on track, which is kind of cool. People like to see something going on, and other events don't, and that really gives you access to the entire facility. Our next available dates are July 3rd through the 5th, so what's really cool is people can camp there over the 4th of July and actually make a family vacation out of it because we will have fireworks on the evening of the 4th of July and then also we have another one coming up in August and also in September so um, people can camp there uh, during uh, when there's nothing really going on not during a major event and a big plus during a major event a lot of people love to come for Moto America and various other events IndyCar and NASCAR of the like is we do not make campers leave after the event is over when you think about other racetracks, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. last race of the day. Oh, my gosh, we got to pack everything up. We Time get to go. Kids. You know, and then you got a long drive home. And we let our campers stay till noon on Monday following the event. So that's another uh, added benefit uh, that we do for our, for our fans and our campers. We like to listen to the feedback from our fans and uh, actually try to plug that into new events and, and new amenities at the track. And that's, that's a new one that we – um, established a couple of years ago and our fans just love it because mm-hmm. you know after a football game or a baseball game or a major sporting event who wants to drive home uh, you know? yep, if, you, yep. <laughs> if you had a chance to just probably crack a beer and curl up you you'd do it too yeah you know it's, it's interesting i can relate to that because the weekend i was there you know i i flew in late late friday night so i got to see everything starting early saturday morning but then my flight was out of chicago sunday afternoon so i didn't even get to see the last couple of races i just had a boogie out of there you know i had like a two-hour drive down to down to chicago so uh yeah right. it would have been nice to be able to just you know chill hang hang or you know hang around and then take the flight the next day or something like that work it, work out in the way that's why i did it but uh it's right. nice to know yeah. that you've got that that feature yeah, you know, and there's there's so many other things that that go on at Road America that we do, 
You know, it's hard to conceive. We have about 500 plus events over the course of a season. And what that means is, is that we could be running motorcycle schools or a track day or even a major event and have a lot of different things going on, disc golf, um, test sessions, you name it, mm-hmm. all at the same time. So um, we're a very, very busy facility, and there's really always something to do. You know, during our major events, um, you know, dads can watch the motorcycles on track or the Indy cars, and mom can take the kids over to the SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex and go go-karting, oh, you nice. know, or – or if mom and dad wants just some private time, you know, tell the kids to go play disc golf on our 18 hole disc golf course. So mm-hmm. there's always something to do. And that's, what's great about it is we really listen to uh, the feedback and we provided stuff for everybody to do. Uh, we have stories because we've been around for 65 years. This is actually our 65th anniversary of kids being raised in turn five, you know, Nice. Oh, it's such a special place because they can remember playing there with Hot Wheels when they were a little kid, watching the race cars go by, and, and now they're bringing their kids. So yeah. it's so fun to hear those stories. That's awesome. That's cool. I'm, uh, I'm going to try. I haven't done this yet on, on this uh, the Zoom webinar stuff, but I'm going to try a screen share here. I thought you guys have a really cool interactive fan map on your website. Yes. So we thought, let, me, let me see if I can successfully pop that up, and then maybe you can kind of walk us through you know, some of sure. the amenities and things. Sure. All right. So hopefully you can see the map, John, mm-hmm. on your yeah, screen. Yeah. Okay. And and hopefully the uh, the listeners and viewers can also. So um, yeah. So uh, maybe I guess that there's actually quite a few entrances to the track, right? I mean, this is a, a big a big facility, so there's a couple of gates, like. Right. We like to to let everybody know that our main gate is the easiest way to get into the facility, and that's off of Highway 67. That's where that large red M is on the top of the screen to the right Um, that actually provides access to a lot of our access roads that go around the facility. So when you look at parking area two, parking area three or reserved parking, that's probably the easiest way to get into the facility. Um, You can also go from the main gate across over turn six and you'll see parking area one, which is near the very top of the screen there. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more separate from the facility, but people love to park there and actually go down and watch in turn 12 and turn 13, which is some great viewing down there. Uh, that's, that's near the top of the screen as well. Right, gate okay. five and gate six at the top of the screen are primarily used for egress or when people exit the facility. A benefit of Road America by having so many gates is that once the race is over, let's say IndyCar, for example, and you have 50 or 60,000 fans in the facility, we can actually empty the entire facility in about an hour. Wow. So if you're worried about traffic and getting home, you really don't have to worry about it at Road America. I mean, a lot of people, if they go to a major football game or a baseball game, they're like, oh, you know, let's hang out for a little while, let traffic die down. Here at Road America, it's really not the case. So those three gates are probably the most important. If you go further down, we have gates three and four, and that's near off of Highway or County Road J, I want to say, okay. yep. um, at the bottom part of the map. Mm-hmm. Gate 3 is primarily used for uh, credentials, media credentials, uh, VIPs, but you also have parking areas down there, uh, 4, 5, and 6, and 7, and 8 um, down there. So these are your public parking areas that are great. You can also enter Gate 4 and drive all the way up and park near Turn 7 and 8, uh, which is near the Corvette Bridge mm-hmm. up there. Uh, people love to park there, walk over and see the inside of turn six, or they'll walk over and be perched on the top of seven and eight. Another key thing about so many parking areas in different locations is that we have 14 concession stands 
and several brand new restroom facilities all over the facility. So it's great because you can park in your favorite turn, your favorite location, and have concessions and restroom facilities within a short walking distance. So we're very proud of that because people can come to America's National Park of Speed and they know, hey, I don't have to walk a mile and a half if I have to use the restroom or if I just want to get a sandwich or I want to get a broad or a beer, I don't really have too far to go because all of our concession stands are run run by local businesses, local nonprofits as well. And uh, people can come and get some great food, everything from homemade pies to ice cream sandwiches to some of the best barbecue and macaroni and cheese you've ever had. You know, all of the favorite local Wisconsin beers as well as your your popular domestics are available and sodas and juice for the kids. And uh, it's people really make a day out of it. I think one of my favorite things, I have so many favorite things, my list <laughs> I'm is sure, yeah. long. But uh, you can come about seven in the morning when the gates open and a majority of our concession stands serve breakfast. And it's kind of, it's so cool because you're like, you know, we got to get on the road. We want to watch the race, but you can come in and you can have breakfast with your whole family in a park like setting. It's nice and quiet. Everybody can fill up, maybe go take a nap before the first cars go on track or the first motorcycles go on track and then actually really enjoy the day. Um, at the gearbox, they have all you can eat pancakes. And I can tell you this much is that, uh, you rarely finish one serving. <laughs> so they're that <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of just a cool thing about road America. You know, when you look at um, a major sports venue or even a major sports entity, uh, so many concessions are so cookie cutter, you know, so dyed in the wool where you're dedicated to a hot dog or a bag of popcorn, peanuts. You're, you can get those classics, but you can also get some really incredible local fare as well. Mm-hmm. And stuff that you would almost see at the state fair that's even probably better and really enjoy the day. I mean, I know for a fact myself, I sneak down to the wind tunnel grill all the time, which is located near the tower at the start finish line because they have macaroni and cheese. And uh, I hate to admit it and don't tell my wife, but I've had macaroni <laughs> and cheese more than twice a day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I can, uh, I can attest to the fact that the burgers are good. That was one of, one of the staples when, when I was yeah. there. And in fact, I guess I had kind of, you know, obviously the, 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 the first weekend, the first round of Mount America was unusual, right? Because there were no spectators mm-hmm. permitted. Um, which, which was kind of cool from in my standpoint as a media person. And I, I love seeing people around. I mean, it, that's always a ton of fun, right? Is seeing the fans mm-hmm. and the spectators, right. and how they react to the races and whatever. But it is also nice to be able to just kind of go anywhere you wanted, no Very lines cool. or anything like that. So I think it was kind of like over, over in here, right? Maybe around the restrooms. I think yes. there's a restaurant or like the uh-huh. whatever food stand kind of around there. So it's kind of camped out. There's nice picnic tables and there were umbrellas out. And yeah, so it was kind of cool to just uh, grab a hamburger and just be able to chat with one of the racers in between <laughs> right. know, sessions or, or races or whatever. Yeah, we have, we've really centralized our paddock. We have a new paddock concession stand and our paddock shop is there with all sorts of apparel items and, and various things. We'd like to say everything the racer could want and everything the fan could need. Um, is at the paddock shop. Also, you have Victory Lane there, which is open to the public. Mm-hmm. And then also you have um, some other areas that you can see and you're pretty close to the paddock. So what's really great is you can park in reserve parking at one, two or three, walk through the tunnel and you're right there in the paddock. Uh, you can also, it's a very short walk from some of our larger parking areas located down near turn 14 and even parking area one, a short walk up the hill. 
and you're right there in the paddock. It's kind of a very centralized um, area for everybody to sort of see things and do things. Another fun fact is that we have shuttles running throughout the facility and they run really regularly mm -hmm. at very shuttle locations. So you can always just jump on a shuttle and take it to wherever you need to go. Okay. Um, yes. And uh, it's, it's fun to kind of have everything there centrally located. I, I think uh, what's fun for fans, especially new fans, is to really research the maps, um, understand where the turns are, some fans love to watch the start of the race, and then you can actually see them walk down the hill and watch in turn five. Right. Um, some fans will walk all the way up to turn one. Um, some fans will walk across either the Corvette Bridge or the Sargento Bridge, and they'll watch from seven and eight or even in six. And I can say this from, from personal experience. I've got my steps in. Yeah, I'm sure. um, it's a great way to get some exercise. And it's also you can be anywhere from A to B in some of the top turns probably in about 10 or 15 minutes. And that's a really slow, casual walk. Mm -hmm. yeah. The weather's nice. You really can't ask for anything better because, you know, you're getting your steps in, you're getting some cardio, you're burning off some of that incredible food, and you're able to watch in several different locations. Plus, Road America is really one of the fewest tracks that I, that I know of to where at the top of turn 13, you know, at the bottom of five, you can sit under the canopy of a, of a tree right. and actually be made while watching and you just can't really find that too many places anymore. Yeah, I know uh, the, the day and a half that I was there, I mean, I got, to, I got to see, walk a good part of the track. You know, I'd seen obviously the front straightaway, the paddock and whatever. And then, you know, down, down into turn one and I pretty much walked all this. You know, I saw all this area down into the carousel. I didn't, I didn't make it much further than that. So I'm going to have to do another trip to, to Road America so I can get to kind of, yeah. you know, no. walk, walk and check out the rest of the track. Because I, I know that, the, you know, there's so, there's so many, I mean, just in terms of the racing, it, it's great. Like the number of features in this track. I, I know I've, I've interviewed a couple of the Moto America racers and, and they all love the track, the, the features. And, you know, each one kind of has their own favorite turn or section of the track. Yeah, a big thing that we integrated, not only is their favorite turns and favorite sections, it's so funny because whenever I interview drivers or riders, it's hard to get anybody to say anything bad about the place. And it's also a real tough interview because it's like, tell us about Road America. Oh, it's my favorite track. Okay. Can you, man, a little bit, you know, hello, we got a few more minutes to fill. Um, but uh, we, we've done so many improvements over the last five to seven years. It's really incredible. If you see the blue squares, you'll notice that those are screens, are jumbo screens. Yeah. So you yep. can sit in your favorite turn and you can actually – watch on our jumbo screens and understand the timing and scoring and where the riders or the drivers are on the course. And that's always a good feature because you'll, you'll, you're able to get all the information that's going on. You're able to understand the event and you're able to be really, really comfortable with where you're at. Mm -hmm. A benefit for that too is that you can move from one location to the other and still have a screen to watch on. Sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that was a big help for me, especially shooting photos and stuff. I just want to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast. Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G4. Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patilla and Jerry Vavaro. V-Twin Club members Richard Warfield Jr. of R-Dub Studios LLC and Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School. Triple Club member Aaron at The Motorcycle Rider and V4 Club member John Delvecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book, Corner and Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly needed and very much appreciated. 
If you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle-related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please stay tuned to the end of this episode or check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now back to the show. And then the other thing that was a big help was the FM channel that you guys have, you know, broadcasting the announcers or whatever. So wherever I was on the track, even if I couldn't see a screen or whatever, I knew what was going on, who was in the lead, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, we, we encourage all of our fans to definitely check out the website on every event page. Right next to the schedule is the FM channel 87.7. You can use an FM app for your phone if you have an iOS or even an Android device and be able to tune into that and put your headphones in and just stroll around. I see, I see kind of AirPods on, on fans and, and, you know, even some, some earplugs that'll, that'll have a, a signal to their phone or, you know, you still get some of the, the old faithfuls with their favorite FM transistor radio. I haven't, I haven't seen one myself in a long time, but a few of our fans still have some. Yeah. Hey, whatever works, right? Whatever works, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's such a vast facility. That that's a great way to keep track of what's going on while being able to watch as well and maybe drown out some of the sound. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so I, I know you, you touched on it a little bit, but I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about the history of, of Road America. I mean, it sure. goes back to 50s or so, right? Was yeah, when it opened? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we were founded in 1955. The, the designer is Cliff Tufty, and uh, he was a local engineer, uh, a road engineer, civil engineer, and uh, started developing some money uh, from some local business owners. What's interesting about Road America is that we are owned by shareholders and we report to a board of directors okay. and it's very unique as opposed to other facilities that are owned by major corporations. Uh, many corporations own several facilities. We're different. You're owned by shareholders. We're owned by the people. So we are committed to reinvesting funds into the facility and answering to these people. 1955 road America was established because in the early fifties, as soldiers were returning from world war II and racing on the roads, um, all over the country, from Kansas to New York, um, even in Elkhart Lake, there's the old race course that goes through the city of, the, of Elkhart Lake. Um, there was racing there too, but it was just too dangerous to be racing on public roads. So uh, there were some accidents. There was, there was nothing in Wisconsin, but in New York, there were some dangerous accidents. And um, the government actually banned racing on public roads, which was a good thing. So you saw a lot of these road courses spring up, everything from Watkins Glen to Road America to Mid-Ohio, BIR, things like that. So we've been around since 1955. Uh, Cliff Tufty walked the track with some members of the Chicago Region Sports Car Club of America, established the grounds, established the land, and uh, they, they built the track. A fun fact about Road America is that they wanted something that was incredibly unique as opposed to other road courses that they've seen throughout the country. So that's why we are four miles, 4.08 and 14 turns because they wanted straightaways, wanted turns left and turns right. They wanted hairpin turns. They wanted long swooping turns. They wanted elevation changes. So the Kettle Moraine Valley, which was carved out by various glaciers millions of years ago, was the perfect location to do this. What's fun about Road America is that for four miles and 14 turns, the actual configuration of the track has not changed since 1955. Oh, wow. It is still only 32 feet wide. Now, you will have some larger rumble strip areas. You will have some runoff areas and some sand, but the actual racetrack is 32 feet wide. And a lot of people are like, why is it 32 feet wide? Because a road grader back in 1955 
was only 16 feet wide. So Cliff did two passes with a road grader, and that was it. Wow. And it stuck. And it's been that way ever since. It's never changed. It's pretty incredible. That's pretty cool. Like I, like I said, you can't really find racers to say bad things about it because it's challenging. It's exhilarating. It's tough to find places to pass. Um, sometimes when you get larger cars, such as NASCARs or NASCAR Xfinity cars, it's tough on fuel because it's hard to calculate your fuel distance on a four-mile track. So you've seen some races literally come down to the wire and be actually built on fuel mileage to where the leader runs out of fuel and then loses the race. It's just incredible. Sports cars do a little bit better. Motorcycles are incredible. Finding the apexes on some of the turns, having a blast out there is just incredible. Even private racers, even club racers, even people with their cars for track days absolutely love it because you learn so much about racing based on the configuration of the track. Going through the carousel, which is essentially turns 9 and 10, 4, 11, which is called the kink, um, you are going around and around and around. And actually, you can pull up to 5Gs in some of the larger, more faster cars, and it's really, really trying on your neck muscles. Uh, Mario Andretti said uh, many, many years ago, it's his favorite track. He said, just when you start getting tired, you got to remind yourself you still have two miles to go. <laughs> one lap so right about two and a half 2.7 miles you, you, you're, you're starting to wonder well, you know what am i going to do well, you still got a few more turns to get done so that's what's really cool about road america is hearing these stories from names like andretti unser posey parnelli jones riders like freddie spencer you know wayne rainey you yeah. know has, has raced and won doug chandler incredible vintage uh, I don't even want to say these guys are vintage. You know, they're they're champions in their own right. But sure. right back as early as 1980s when motorcycles first came to Road America. And, and uh, it's so fun to kind of go through the archives and find pictures of these guys when they were racing. And uh, and they've been around and they love coming back. And we're excited to have Moto America kicking off this weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah it was cool to see the motorcycle racing there. Uh, it was my first time at the track. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this weekend, although I would love to. Right. Uh, but uh, I'd, love, I'd love to see some car racing there too sometime. I used to, now, sure. I, I, once I started riding motorcycles, my, my attention kind of shifted, you know, from car racing to motorcycle racing. That's what I follow predominantly. But uh, yeah. I, I used to be big into like IndyCar, IMSA, you know, all that kind of stuff, Formula One. So one of the things we found about racing when people come to Road America, especially um, new fans, is once they see the facility and they see different parts of it, whether it's cars or motorcycles, they always want to come back and uh, you'll, you'll see people become fans and they'll love all kinds of racing just because it's at road America. And it's so cool because you'll see some of our smaller events like the June sprints. And it's tough to say that it's smaller because it used to be one of our bigger events uh, with 400 cars, but people will understand it and they'll be like, you know what? I don't care what's on track as long as I'm going to watch it at road America. So now, so I know you've mentioned like NASCAR, obviously Moto America. What what are the other series that have have raced or, or still do race at, at Road America? We're extremely proud because Road America is so diverse. Every series races there. Um, everything from motorcycles, Moto America to IndyCar, NASCAR, Xfinity. Um, we're hoping to get a NASCAR Cup race. I will say this: we are in talks with NASCAR mm-hmm. um, for that. Hopefully. Um, Probably not in 2020, but keep your fingers crossed for later. Uh, everything from stadium super trucks to IMSA 
to Porsche Club events to bike days, track days, car days, you name it. So everything from two wheels to four wheels has raced at Road America and is racing at Road America. When you think about it, we have about 10 major events covering IndyCar, SCCA, IMSA, NASCAR, Moto America, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can get up to 12 or even 13 major events in a season. We're going to host the runoffs this year. We're also hosting camping for the Ryder Cup, which is pretty incredible. So fans that are actually coming in for golf at Whistling Straits can camp at Road America. And that's a great affordable way if you have tickets to the tournament. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're so diverse. Um, and like I said, 500 plus events of the year. So for today, uh, case in point, we had a track day going on on the track. Uh, we had a couple motorcycle schools happen, and tomorrow we're setting up for Moto America. We've got the rigs coming in. We've yeah. got the bike teams coming in. Um, I know the riders are coming in to some of the hotels, so it's a pretty incredible event. We're excited about it, so um, we can run anything there, um, and we've had people ask about uh, NASCAR trucks. We've had people mm -hmm. ask about, uh, you know, uh, NASCAR Cup Series, uh, and uh, we're, we're not opposed to it. Formula One would be great. Um, we are um, actually sanctioned by the FIA. Uh, we are we are an FIA sanctioned track for Formula One. Okay. But uh, when you look at infrastructure and uh, in comparison to Coda down in Texas and what we would need to do, it would probably be pretty extensive. But at the same point in time, we're willing to wait that out. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we've got a lot of great racing that people can watch on our docket, and we love being able to support all of our series is that come in and visit us and, and also give fans so much diversity. It's really cool when you see motorcycle fans going, Oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to come back for the IMSA race. I don't know anything about sports cars, but I want to just come watch it. Um, and you can see all kinds of different production type vehicles as well in IMSA from BMWs to yeah, Porsches, right. to Audis to Mercedes Benz to even Bentleys. And then you have world challenge, which is much the same as well, you know, with various Acuras and Hondas and, and things competing of like, then you can boil it all the way down to SCCA and go from production class vehicles to open wheel type vehicles, Formula V, Spec Racer Ford, you name it. Motorcycles are the same way. You know, we have uh, lots of sport bikes, you know, from factory teams and, and various things of the like, all the way to vintage bikes, you yeah. know, and we have, a, we have a vintage bike show with Vintage Moto Fest. So, you know, you'll see guys that are really into cafe racers from Chicago and Minneapolis and Michigan to guys that, you know, maybe they own a, a Kawasaki or a Suzuki. And, uh, and and even BMWs. I always love it too because you know Wisconsin is a big uh, motorcycle country yes. with Harley Davidson uh, being right down there in Milwaukee. And yep. we let people ride in and, and pay at the gate and then check their gear. We do a gear check for our motorcycle events. It's always cool to see a really big group of Harleys come in and you know and they park their bikes and take off their leathers and go walk around and watch some sport bike racing. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a big camaraderie when it comes to people on two wheels and that's really cool because everybody gives each other a thumbs up and they're just there to have a good time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great point in terms of what you're mentioning, like kind of the opportunity for the crossover and the cross pollination. Right. And it, it's interesting that one of the upcoming weekends, a couple, couple rounds into the season, Moto America is going to be doing the, this bagger class, right. Where you're going to have Harley type baggers, you know, r racing on the same circuit that the, you know, super bikes and stuff right. are racing. So that opportunity, you know, that that might bring in someone who wouldn't ordinarily watch road racing and then goes, Hey, you know, let me, let me check out the super bike stuff or super sport or whatever. And like you said, the crossover between, you know, like I said, I came from a, you know, 
watching car racing background. So it was just natural for me, but yeah, I could see that people, you know, who just love, you know, they're, they're close to the facility. They come see a race there and say, like, Oh, we're going to do this motorcycle thing in a couple months and people come check it out. So what's really fun is you'll, you'll see a motorcycle club um, or you'll see just enthusiasts, you know, that like to hang out at their local donut shop. They'll ride up and they'll, they'll see an event or they'll come to a motorcycle event and then they'll turn right around and go, Hey, you know what? You know, we, we've got a poker ride or we've got a charity ride coming up. Let's make a ride to road America. So it's cool to see a motorcycle club or even a group that came to one of our motorcycle events. And then they ride back for another mm-hmm. one of our car racing events. And they all park their bikes in the same parking area, and sit under the same tree and go to the concession stand and, and, and really enjoy it. Car clubs are a lot the same way. You know, when you come to a, uh, a car event at Road America, it's kind of like a car show within a race because you'll see everything from, yeah. you know, uh, Daytonas to Cobras to, you know, Mercedes Benz to Aston Martins to Bentleys all parked on the grass, you know, some, some vintage uh, Shelby Cobras to, you know, an Aston Martin DBS parked right next to each other, or even a new C8 Corvette. Mm-hmm. And it's really incredible because if you love cars, that's another place to be. I've actually seen people, walking amongst the various cars in the parking area. We have a Corvette Corral and a Porsche Corral, and they're looking more at the various cars that have shown up by spectators than they're actually looking at the cars on right. the crash. Yeah, that is cool. Now, I, I know you got lots of parking facilities, like what we showed on the, on the map, the mm-hmm. parking lots and things. It looks like there's some ability for people to kind of park near, like off the track, kind of like uh, tailgate. Is that, is that yeah. kind of open in all events or does it depend on the size of the event? Pretty much open for all events, you know, and again, that's, that's a big plus with Road America is that when you come to the track, you can park along turn four, turn three, open up the trunk of the car, pull out the cooler, the lawn chairs, and you're good to go. Okay. And uh, fans love that. I, I think a big plus for us, especially right now with COVID is that, you can print your tickets at home and scan them at the gate and have a contactless entry. You essentially don't have to have contact with anybody from your home unit, um, from your, your, your local group of people that you deal with, even when you come to the track. So people come, they scan their tickets at the gate, they find their favorite viewing location, they open up the car, they practice social distancing, and they're able to watch a race safely. So we like to share that with everybody is that we're the safest place to watch a race because Again, you're not dedicated to a grandstand seat. Right. We also have sunset cruising, which is really cool too. Families are looking to get out. They're looking to do something. So they can come on various nights of the week, starting at 5.30 in their own vehicle. It's only $20. And they can drive the actual racetrack. Now, I want to caution nice. everybody is that it's not actually at speed. That's, it's about right. 40 miles an hour or less. And we have That's pace right. cars that pace the front and the rear. But you're still able to drive on the racetrack, take pictures with your family, shop at the paddock shop, and it's completely contactless. So when you think about safety and things that are going on and things that people will need to do and want to do, this is one of those things that you can do. You know, there's, there's not a lot of live sports going on out there. There's no movie yeah. theaters that are open. You can't really yeah. go to restaurants all that much. So this is still something that uh, people can do that's fun at Road America. Just another quick break to announce the new affiliates program. If you go to the affiliates page on my website, you will see the companies that I have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but if you make a purchase using the links on this page, you'll also be helping to support the podcast financially. So I'd like to welcome these affiliates. Street Skills LLC, which provides the Corner and Confidence book and online course. 
If you purchase a course or course and book combination from my website, you'll also be listed as a supporter on my podcast supporters page as a Parallel Twin Club member. If you're already a podcast supporter, a portion of the purchase price will be credited towards your next support level. And I'd also like to welcome Bond Body Armor, which I've been using for a couple of years now. If you go to their website using the affiliate link, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from their online store using the discount code they provide. Tell them you heard about Bond Body Armor from this podcast and get a free helmet liner. And now back to the last part of the show. Plus, we also have four miles of fitness. So Wednesdays, Mondays, and Wednesdays from 6 to 8, you can walk, bike, or run the track. Get some exercise, get your steps in, exactly, and do it in a safe environment, you know, to where you're not worried about cars or traffic. Many motorcyclists that I know cycle as well to stay fit. And it's so dangerous when you're trying to cycle out on the American highways. You hear about these accidents all the time. You know, our thoughts and prayers go out to Alex and Artie's families. He was out in Italy practicing on his hand bike and unfortunately got in an accident. My dear friend, a dear friend of all of us, Nikki Hayden, was killed in an accident in Italy. So we know that lots of people love to cycle, especially when the winter, when the weather is nice. And uh, we've decided to let Mondays and Wednesdays for $5, you can walk, bike, or run the track. And it's so cool when you see families, you know, dad's riding a bike, maybe pulling his kid behind him. You know, mom's running alongside and they don't have to worry about semi trucks or, you know, various farm equipment or speeders in general, you know, coming too close to them. And that's, that's great for us to do. Yeah, no, for sure. What about you? You see like rollerbladers and skateboarders out there too? It's so cool because uh, Road America has such elevation changes that uh, some of those rollerbladers can get some pretty good speed. speed. Yeah, yep, yep. (laughs) Going down into turn five, you're wondering if somebody's going to break enough or not, but they managed to make it. Uh, and then also watching them trying to climb the hill going up towards turn six yes. or, or even up the, the front straight. Um, that's, that's cardio. It's just a <laughs> lot of cardio. I was just actually out there earlier this evening as people were showing up. And uh, when you talk to a few of them, they're like, you know what? I can only really probably do about two laps because you're going up a hill, you're coming down a hill, and then you're going up another hill. And that, that last climb coming up the front straight towards the start finish is kind of a bear so uh people they cross that fi- the finish line and they're like yeah should we go for one more sometimes they'll go for another lap sometimes they'll pull off turn five yeah yeah yeah. well <laughs> it's good it's good to have the options sure <laughs> the um so that this weekend with the moto america round two there's also the vintage moto fest is mm-hmm. is that something that road america organizes or is that something that moto america kind of put together yeah, we actually do that. We started at it quite a few years ago. It was um, an event, uh, a ride-in bike show down in Milwaukee. And uh, we talked to the event organizers and actually um, sort of, you know, basically took the reins, so to speak. And it used to be called Rocker Box, and it's the largest ride-in bike show in the Midwest. And uh, what's great is you'll see everything that's customizable, every sort of brand from Triumphs to Nortons to Suzuki's to Hondas and uh, scooters. And people can enter the bike show. And we have all sorts of classes from best rat bike to best customization, to best paint job, things like that. Um, a lot of, a lot of popular judges from various motorcycle publications are there. Um, so we sort of uh, took the reins of that a few years ago and it happens on one day during our motorcycle events. So we moved it to Moto America this year, which is great because you've got um, super bikes on track and super sport 
and you got vintage bikes in the pits and you'll be able to see everything from Indians to you name it. So uh, people come in and they enter the show. We have a, a beer tasting, a craft beer tasting at the Tufty Center. We have live bands just outside the Tufty Center. We've made it into sort of a festival. You also have um, various vendors from all over the place where you can get t-shirts to belt buckles to motorcycle parts, you know. My wife always tells me that I have a very, very small budget during that event because I try to pick up a maybe an old Kawasaki or a, or a Honda pit bike every now yeah, and then. I understand. Some of those be on sale and it's, you know, sometimes you get one or two in the garage and you're like, oh, I need this one for parts or I need, you know, I just want to ride this one around. So I, I picked up a couple bikes in my day, probably uh, I shouldn't have, but uh, you know, what's great is I can always sort of turn one around and throw a price tag on it and maybe sell it next year at Vintage Moto Fest. So sure. that's always what's fun about it. Now I'm guessing for the Moto, Moto Fest, people probably come in from all over the country, right? It kind of yeah. like it's it's a big draw, kind of like Bar like Barber Vintage Festival, right. like, like that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, we we get um, riders and racers as part of our Heritage Cup that Moto America has now uh, brought on board from all over the country. Ohio is a big area, you know, also down in Mississippi, Alabama, um, obviously Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, California. You'll have guys trailering bikes, you know, to come race. Mm-hmm. We'll have guys trailering bikes to actually show them off. And you'll have people, guys and gals and husbands and wives that are retired that are trailering bikes just to ride them. And it's really, really cool to see that. You know, when people come in and they make a full weekend out of it, they get a campsite, they get to meet up with their friends, they take the bikes off the trailer, and they get to ride them around our access roads and show them off, park them at the concession stands and talk about them each day, and then actually go wander around the vendors and see the ride-in bike show as well as the bands and the beer tasting. So some people really look forward to this event because it's kind of their big escape. Yeah. Now that, that sounds cool. Now does that run the whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday or? It'll, it'll be there Saturday's the primary day for vintage moto fest where we have the bands and a lot of the extracurricular activities, but June 26th through the 28th is our moto America vintage moto fest event, which is primarily all the bikes on track, the various classes, Saturday's the big day, but you'll be able to see something Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And then there's vintage racing as well? There's vintage racing as part of the Heritage Cup. There's also a mini moto race down at the Motorplex, right. which is mm-hmm. new as well. So I tell you what, if you're into two wheels, you know, Road America at the end of June is kind of the place to be. Yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, any, any uh, sidecar racing this week? You know what? We do have sidecars. We've had some sidecars in the past. I think there's a couple sidecar teams that are entered. It's part of our Heritage Cup. We've got some uh, local favorites with some Moto Guzies, you know, and others nice. that have raced here in the past. Those are incredible to watch. Um, I don't know how many are entered this year, but it's also something definitely to check out because we've had some sidecar teams from as far as the UK I'm that sure. actually brought the bikes over on the boat and come over to Road America to race, which is pretty that's, neat. That's cool. That, that's some wild stuff to watch. The, yeah. way, the way they hang um, off those things. There's a husband and wife team that have a Moto Guzzi, and uh, the wife is the monkey. If people don't know what sidecars are, and she gets to dart from one side of the bike to the other side of the bike and hang off to make sure that um, she's distributing her weight so that they get the best possible um, traction during the turns, which is pretty incredible to see. Yeah, that is, that is some wild stuff. Um, so it's sounding from what you were saying about buying old bikes and maybe flipping them and whatever. I'm, I'm guessing you ride motorcycles also? I've been around motorcycles my entire life, ever since I was riding around my grandmother's barn on an old Honda. Um, We used to tear up uh, Hondas and Suzukis and Kawasaki's, and that's why I'm so fond of some of these bikes from the 70s, is because as a little kid, you know, luckily I still have a few lives left, Uh, but uh, we used to skin our knees and our toes and 
yep. you know, different kinds of things, playing jokes with our cousins and whatnot. And then uh, I was lucky enough to work for Kawasaki for a few years and worked with Tommy, Roger Hayden, doing some media and communications for their factory team. And, and uh, I've always loved Road America. I was here racing with Road America in 2005. Um, and uh, so love the two wheels. Uh, just love, I love the vibe and the atmosphere yeah. that comes with it. So, uh, you know, if, if I'm walking past a 1974 Honda, you know, I'm, I might, uh, and it's got a price tag on it, I might take a second look here or there for a little Kawasaki or Yamaha. But, you know, I've had, I've had my share, even a BMW uh, 800 GS at one point in time. So um, it's something for me. I like just cruising around talking to people. Um, I've kind of learned that, uh, you know, you, you have all walks of life. You have people that love taking care of their bikes and it's their right. baby. And then you have people that it's just sort of their daily rider and they don't mind if the kickstand falls over as long as it still starts. So I've kind of learned uh, both sides of the coin there. And I've, I've learned that I like to just have something that I can keep in the garage and even ride it around the property during some of these events that are coming up, yeah. get from A to B and then be able to uh, put it away for the winter. So uh, that's kind of my favorite thing. And uh, it's all, it's also fun to just sort of tinker around. I have some friends with some major magazines and, and others that have, that have been around the sport and they go on these long rides and these tours, but everybody has their project in a garage. Right. And it's so fun to kind of talk about their projects and what are they working on and, you know, are they going to sell it? Are they going to keep it? Yeah. What parts I've do been they tempted need? To, yeah. Like how many parts do they need? Where can you get them? You know, I've been tempted to maybe buy one or two from, from one of these guys and, you know, you get in some serious conversations and you're like, Oh, I got to go ask the wife. And then, you know, that kind of scratches that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> do, uh, do you get much chance to ride the track? Yeah, actually, you know, um, not so much as an employee, you know, privately, a lot of people say, Oh, you work at road America. Do you get to go you out must to be able to ride all the time? right? <laughs> yeah, not really, you know, more so around the access roads, but we do have track days, you know, where sometimes it's like, Hey, I might take an hour or so and be able to go out on the track. Or um, one of the things that's great with us is that we have motorcycle schools that go all the way from yeah. beginner to advanced. Mm -hmm. So I like to sometimes maybe take, you know, one of our advanced schools or maybe even one of our dirt bike schools get a little bit more skill sets from some of our instructors. We have some of the top instructors in the country and we graduate about 400 students annually nice. over the course of the season. So it's always good to keep your skills sharp. So from time to time, I'll take one of those schools. You always learn something new, but I've learned in my older age that uh, putting on a you know, pair of leathers and getting out there and trying to dice it up. Nah, I'll pass on that. I like to just kind of cruise around a little bit and be able to sort of keep all my limbs. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't blame you. Like, like I said, there's all kinds of ways to enjoy motorcycling, yeah. and and it's such it's such a broad community, and there's so many ways to do it. It's like, yeah, whatever, whatever people enjoy, it's all cool. Like, I, I can appreciate all of it, and so that sure. that's yeah, that's one of the cool things about the the whole motorcycling sport and whatever. And anything else that that you wanted to go over, John, that we haven't hit on yet? Well, you know, no, it's definitely fun. And, and one of the things that I love doing is talking to people about Road America and, and also new people uh, to the track. Again, I want to encourage everybody to go to roadamerica.com and surf around and cruise around, read up on some of our, our offerings, read up on, on some of our events, and you'll really learn a lot about the track, even from a history standpoint. Uh, it's so tough because there's there's so many cool things to see and do at Road America is that it's hard to really sandwich it in there. So I tell everybody, just go to roadamerica.com. And if you get a chance, come to an event. And if you, even, if you get more of a chance, if you have a lot more time, stay 
or an event and, and ask questions, ask questions of fans on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, ask questions of people who have been there. Where are some of the great places to watch? Where are, what are some of the great events to, to see? Um, what are some of the great concessions? Because we're very, very thankful and very, very blessed that we have a great group of fans that love to be able to help out new fans as well. And it's so encouraging when you see people come, you can kind of almost tell that they're, it's their first time there. And it's, it's fun when you get to see that light bulb go off and they want to come back. Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm 57 and I was like a kid in the candy store. Yeah. You know, my, my first visit there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I could see, I could see how that could happen. It's like, Oh, I didn't see that yet. I didn't see that yet. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's kind of like the Smithsonian of racing. You know, we've been around 65 years and, as a kid, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., they're like, oh, it'll take you almost eight days to really sort of see all the various buildings of the Smithsonian and various museums and things that are going on. Road America is the same way. You know, just when you think you've seen it all, you just got to wait a minute because there's always some hidden place. There's always some viewing spot. There's always something going on. So it takes a lot of time to explore. I've been out there almost 10 years and uh, magical. It really is. Whether you're doing a photo shoot at 530 in the morning as the sun coming up or you're right there in the watching some of the most tightest races down to the wire. Hey, John, I don't know if you can hear me. It's, it's the, your, your video froze there. So maybe we'll just give it, give it a second. Oh yeah, I got it. There we go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> sorry about yeah. that. Oh, no problem. No problem. Um, yeah. So, okay. So let's see. I'm sorry. You were in the middle of saying we were talking about, uh, yeah, what we're we talking about. Kind of, kind of just, you know, road America is just so vast and there's so many yes. things going on. You know, it's really cool to be able to see new fans because, you know, uh, history is made every single day out there. So it's always fun and exciting to show somebody around because, you know, you can watch from the start finish to turn five to turn 14 and then, uh, you know, kind of see some of the best aspects of forms of racing. So it's always exciting when we get new fans out there. And that's kind of what I was just sort of, you know, reiterating to. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That's yeah, that's really cool. Um, how how many staff does it take to to run the Road America operation? We're a small but nimble group, um, about twenty two full time. Oh wow! But uh, we do grow to about five hundred plus during the season, and that's our part time and seasonal help. Um, we're incredibly lucky that we have people that love to come back year after year and dedicate their time to the success of Road America from a part-time standpoint. And that's everything from our maintenance workers to our gate personnel, to our security, to our communication staff, marketing staff, paddock shop staff. Um, incredible facts are always shared every single day. Our maintenance staff mow almost 250 miles a week on their gale motors. If you're looking at the picture behind me, that's a lot of grass to cut. Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our partners at Gale and, and Manitou uh, use our facility as a test facility because when you want to talk about wear and tear on a riding mower, Road America is the place to do it. Nice. That's a, so, okay. uh, yeah, that's, a that's good an incredible fun fact as well um, that um, our, our maintenance guys will mow and mow and mow, and it's a continuous job. As soon as they're done mowing, they start right back over again because uh, the grass grows all the time. <laughs> it, has, it has that habit, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, any, uh, as you kind of look back over the, so you've actually been with Road America for how long now? 10 years, you said? Uh, or, yeah, about 10, uh, years. 10 years. Yeah. Any uh, favorite events, things you can, you know, races or events or anything you could? You know, uh, well, about? what's interesting for me is it's mostly probably our vintage races. And the meaning for that is because it's so casual. 
I, I love the fact that you can see millions and millions of dollars of race cars and the drivers are just so cordial, willing to let kids sit in the cars, talk to the, the various families that are there enjoying a great time. You see some cars that have been raced at Le Mans, the Indy 500, some of the most historical race cars ever um, available during our vintage events. And we have three of them. We have a vintage with SVRA at the beginning of the season. We also have the WeatherTech International Challenge with Brian Redman in the middle of July, and then VSCDA near the fall. And uh, those events are always filled with over 200 plus cars. You'll see everything from, you know, Dick Trickle's NASCAR car to Mario Andretti's player special. It's pretty incredible stuff to see. So I'm a little bit more partial to the vintage, but uh, what I like to tell all my friends is I get to have a party every two weeks and all up because I see everybody from Moto America to NASCAR to IndyCar to SCCA. And uh, I'm probably the luckiest guy in the world because I get to work at such a magical place, not to sound too cliche or anything like that to a park, to a, to an amusement park brand, but uh, it's really incredible when you get to go through the gates and every other week you've got something different on track and you've got different groups of fans, but at the same time, the same group of fans. And like I said, it's hard to really find somebody say something bad about road America. So unless you're really talkative, it's a tough interview. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, John. Well, thank you. This has been really, really awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. Um, um, just as we talk about the various things going on this coming weekend, uh, I'm just, I'm just kicking myself that I'm not able to go, but Hey, you know, that's how it is. But, uh, maybe I, maybe I will attend like one of the car events or car races or something like that. And, uh, def- definitely I'll be there next year with the Moto yeah. America season. So from a positive aspect, uh, Moto America's done great with their television package this year. So yeah. everybody, we encourage everybody to tune in to FS1, FS2. Yeah. Check your local local listings. Check the MotoAmerica.com website for their listings because if you can't be there in person, the weather's going to be great this weekend and you can watch it on TV. So we encourage everybody to check that out because there's going to be some incredible stuff. We're excited to have fans back at the facility. It's a great place for social distancing. Spread out. Enjoy the weekend. We uh, like to share with everybody that the average golf course is 100 acres. We're 640 acres, so we can fit seven golf courses in our property. Find your best place, spread out with your family, and enjoy the weekend. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. So listen, uh, have, have a great weekend, John. I'm, I'm glad the weather's going to be good. I know sometimes it can be a little, little sketchy out there, and hopefully, hopefully everyone that attends is going to have a great time. And uh, for, for anyone watching or listening who hasn't been there yet, definitely check it out. I can say firsthand it's a great place to be. So uh, maybe I'll hang, hang on. I'll shut down the recording, and then we can chat a little bit. Okay, you bet. All right. Thanks a lot, John. If you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to soyouwantoridemotorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwantoride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride, or find the links on my website, or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free, and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher Geis, or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. 
I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thumper Club, where I'll list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs, where I'll include your photo and biography, as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. (laughs) 